Welcome back to After Battle. It's me, Daniel Levy, your host. We're gonna be talking to Joe Soto. Man, he's been in the game for a very long time. And finally, we get to talk to him on Half the Battle. He's taking on Hani Yaya in Brazil. I know, right? Isn't that a great matchup? Cannot wait to catch up with him. Make sure you stick around because we had an unbelievable talk. And then we're joined by good friend of the show, Albert the Warrior Morales. I mean, I don't have any other friends that got the balls to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Thomas Almeida in Brazil. He did, and now he's coming back at UFC 209 this Saturday in Las Vegas. And then we're joined by the A-Town Ogre himself, Atlanta's own David K. He's on an eight-fight win streak. He's the NFC welterweight champion. I mean, you know, it's kind of funny because when your friends tell you, like, you know, you should probably take a wingman out with you so you can pick up girls. If you take David K out with you, he'll take all the girls. So I highly recommend you take a girl with you because, you know, it's called pre-selection. I know this is an MMA podcast, but uh, got to give you a little life advice too, right? And last but not least, Devante Sewell. This kid went 8-2 and two as an amateur. Now he's competing in a second MMA fight. He's only 21 years old. He's just a kid, but this kid is dynamic and he really brings something special to the table. So I'm excited to catch up with Devante Sewell. But first up, Joe Soto, here we go. Joining me now is Joe Soto. Joe, welcome to Half the Battle, man. What's going on, how you guys doing? Doing amazing, dude. So I gotta know, man, cause I mean, you're a guy that's been in there with pretty much everyone. What was tougher mentally for you? Taking a fight with TJ Dillashaw on 24 hours notice or taking a fight in Mexico in that elevation on a week short notice? <laughs> Uh, the one with uh, the elevation on the week's notice because with TJ, I just came, I had just came off a title fight like two weeks earlier or something. So I was kind of in shape to go five rounds, you know what I mean? And um, and this last fight uh, in Mexico, I wasn't in shape at all. And um, I was fat. And they called me. I was just got done eating pizza. And, um, and I didn't have a training camp or nothing. And I had to make the weight. And and then they said it was going to be elevation. They said it was Mexico City, so I knew from watching that Cain Velasquez fight that it was high elevation. And I was like, it was just a lot mentally. Like I was like, all right, you got to accept. Like it could not go your, it might not go your way. You might get your ass whipped. You know, really bad if things go bad. You know, if you can't breathe. So, um, but you know, um, that that was definitely that was mentally like it was. I don't know. They're both pretty tough, but that one was pretty tough to get. Like, all right, I just, just got to get over the mental part of it, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's altitude, and then there's Mexico City altitude. You know what I mean? There's a huge difference. <laughs> so, what, what was it like for you warming up in the back, man? Were you gassed in the warm-up? Oh, nah, I was good. I mean, I got sick, though, you know, from the weight cut because the weight cut was so bad. So, like, my throat was, like, hurting and, like, some of my chest. So, it was kind of hard to breathe. But, like, when I first got there, you know, I mean – considering i mean i had trained but not like training for a fight you know so i hit the treadmill when i first got there for like 30 minutes and, and i seemed pretty good you know it was just a lot of the weight cut like i did get like shorter breath when i had to cut weight you know when i started getting low at weight like whew, you know shorter breath and um yeah so but um before the fight yeah my, my throat was hurting my chest was hurting so i was kind of worried about that but it wasn't too bad i've had it worse so um yeah it was it was crazy Dude, were you surprised how easy that fight was? Well, at least for us watching at home, it seemed easy. But I don't know how it was for you in there. But, I mean, the result speaks for itself. Uh, no, I just, you know, I mean, I got lucky that I got into a position I'm really good at. You know what I mean? A lot of fighting is just, you know, uh, you know, a lot of it's skill. But sometimes you get lucky. 
like when a fight ends, like in the first two minutes at any time, or the first couple minutes, you know, a lot of it's just like you caught somebody, or you just, I just got into a good position that I knew, and I knew a lot of finishes from that position, and um, then you know, I mean, it just worked out. It worked out. I got I got lucky that 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 it worked out that way. I mean, it could have went to a lot of different ways. You know, it's fighting. You never know what's going to happen. But I wasn't like too surprised or anything. I knew once I got into that position, I was done. Yeah. You're a uh, Timo Yama, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm training at Timo Yama now. So uh, your boy uh, Chito Vera, he actually fought that same guy in his UFC debut. Was he able to share some advice with you? Yeah, yeah, he was just you know some insight you know on his style and and um, what he thought of the matchup and what I should do or watch what to look out for. Cause Chito throws a lot of kicks and that guy throws a lot of kicks and you know so he he gave me some insight. It was good. It was good. And Chito was down there with me and he was helping me with the weight cut. So uh, it was good to have him, you know, on my side, thank God. Definitely. Well, dude, I mean, obviously now it paid off because now you got the call and you're taking on Haniyaya. Not only are you fighting him, but you're fighting him in Brazil. I mean, we know the deal taking on these Brazilians in Brazil. But it's, <laughs> it's a super interesting matchup, though, because, I mean, he's known for his jiu-jitsu. You are also known for your jiu-jitsu. How do you personally feel about the fight? Uh, it's a good fight. It's a good matchup, you know. Um We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I don't know. Um, you never know how things are going to go in there. Just whoever shows up that night. But um, I think I have a good style, like, you know, to beat them. You know, it could it could be a jiu-jitsu fight or, you know, it could not be a jiu-jitsu fight. You know, it depends. Um, we'll see what happens that night. We'll see if, you know, I feel like my stand-up might be a little bit better. We'll find out. Uh, my wrestling's better, and um, his jiu-jitsu's right there, you know, he's really good, I'm really good, you know, we, we, if any of us makes a mistake on the floor, I think we're both really good where we can catch each other, so it'll be an interesting matchup, it's going to be a fun matchup, uh, it's a, I think it'll be an exciting fight for the fans. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're all pumped to, you know, to watch it. But, dude, I got to ask you, you know, it's kind of funny asking Joe Soto if he feels comfortable on the mat because I've been watching you for years, right? But do you feel comfortable going to the mat with Haniaya? Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Um, I know that's probably his biggest strength, though, you know? I got I got other strengths, too, but I think that's his biggest strength, so I don't have to go there if I don't want to. I don't, I don't believe I think my wrestling can keep it up, but I feel comfortable, you know? Um, I'd like, I would do a jiu-jitsu match with him, you know? So um, if we could, I feel good with them. I feel like yeah, there's a chance. I, I feel like I can submit them, you know? You know what I mean? But if I don't watch the fuck out, he's going to submit me too. <laughs> you know, so so he's really good. He's a really good technical fighter. He's smart. He's one of, like, I would say me, him, and um, what's the other kid that just got signed? He's a jiu-jitsu guy too. Um, is it Mendez? Augusto Mendez. Oh, man, like, he's real good. He's real good. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think we're, us three are, like, the like the best jiu-jitsu guys, like, at that weight. And, you know, and we're some of the best in, in the UFC. Like, you know, I mean, they, they know how, you know, they know jiu-jitsu. So, you know, those are, the, those are the other two guys I would think, like, are on my level as far as jiu-jitsu. Definitely. And, dude, how do you feel about fighting in Brazil? Is this your first time? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, I mean... I wouldn't go on there like I wouldn't go to Brazil on vacation or anything, you know. Like, I would, <laughs> no, I feel like I just I get scared like leaving the country. Other than I'm just weird. Uh, well, you're just in Mexico like, City, so you know this this is nothing new for you, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. What's up with this? To get my wins, I got to leave the fucking country. 
Right. I had to go to Canada. I had to go to Mexico. Now I had to go to Brazil. Um, but yeah, no, it's cool. You know, the experience uh, is going to be cool. You know, the memories. Um, you know, being able to say I fought there. Uh, I'm walking out to the Brazilian fans. That's that's awesome. You know, like there's a lot of people can't or not like a lot of people can't do that. Or a lot of people, you know, wish they could. So, you know, I'll, I'll enjoy that and I'll take it in. And something I could tell my my kids and my grandkids. You know, I did that. Definitely, man. I got a question about your childhood. Were you super competitive growing up? And the reason I ask that is because you've literally won a belt or competed for a belt in almost every single organization you fought for. Yeah, um, yeah, I was always super competitive. It was, I don't know. Um, and then I had older brothers too, so they always beat, beat, beat my ass, you know. And like, I learned to take an ass whipping, and then I was like hard headed, like. I remember my brother just beat, he's five years older, he would just beat me up and I would get up and want to do it again. And he would, he would just have to beat my ass like and, until, you know, I stopped. But I was always super competitive in sports. I played football uh, since I was 10 years old. I played in high school. Uh, I broke the record for my school at, at the time. At least somebody broke mine, but, you know, I had the record for a bit as far as rushing and touchdowns and stuff. So. Oh, um, oh yeah? What, what position? Because, I mean, aren't you a shorter dude? Yeah, yeah, I played uh, running back and uh, fullback. You know, at the end, I played fullback. They put me fullback for some reason, but I did good. And then I played uh, on defense. I played at first. I started like a, a strong safety, and then like the last year, I think the last two years, I was outside linebacker. So I, I have some highlights. I have some actually. If you go to my Instagram, you gotta dig down somewhere. There's some highlights of me on there on my Instagram page. I try to try to look out for that. It's the, pretty cool that's what's up dude which sport is more brutal because i mean i have the debate with people all the time and i'm gonna actually say football is more brutal i don't know football is not that bad because like the practices for mma are what do it you know what i mean will kick your ass like the practices like, and then like when you're weight cutting like like when you're weight cutting and training like for like wrestling or 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 fighting it just makes it tougher so like that i say the practices getting ready but the games the games yeah like i don't know i i think mma is a little bit it was harder but maybe because i was younger so football didn't seem that like hard to like you know what i mean like i swear like maybe if i played fucking pro then yeah it's way more brutal you know but i was playing against kids so it wasn't that bad uh it was fun i, I fucking loved it I mean, were there like 200-pound, big-ass dudes trying to take you down when you were playing football? Yeah, like once I got older, you know, everybody – I was really, really freaking good. Like when I was like in Pop Warner, you know, I developed early. Um, but then like in high school, pff, all the kids started catching up to me. And, like as far as speed and, and then uh, height and everything, and they just pa – everybody passed me up. Everybody grew except for me. So, But yeah, so I got hit a couple times. I remember – yeah, I got knocked out a couple times just waking up. Like, not all the way, but, like, just, like, just got lit the hell up, you know. I got sandwiched a couple times. It was fun, though. It was, it was, uh, it's nothing like playing football, walking out, you know, with the team and all pumped up, ready to go. Yeah, it was fun. That's what's up. What got you into the individualism of uh, MMA? Well, just like you said, individualism, um, I got into wrestling. I went to go watch a friend wrestle. I was thinking about wrestling in high school already, but it was eighth grade, and I went to go watch a friend wrestle. And the coach, you know, saw me after and told me to come out for the team. And I was like, "Yeah, I'll do it." And then, and then I started wrestling, and I started having success. And at football, we always sucked. You know, I was always good, but like the team always like 
we just never won, like, you know what I mean? We win, like, three games or something. Like, since I was small, like, we'd always, I'd always do good, but the team would just never had any success. And uh, so, and then I started wrestling, and I was like, man, I'm winning, and, like, I don't have to rely on anybody. Nobody's causing me to lose, except if I lose, it's because of me. So uh, I, I started liking that. So I got into wrestling, and then I really had seen fighting, so I knew I kind of wanted to fight later. Like, I'd seen, like, some of the first UFCs because my uncle used to watch it. So like I go after I'm done wrestling, I want to I want to do that, you know. And then after um, high school, I started found my friend. I was training in his garage, and I started training with them, and um, doing jujitsu with them. And then um, I went out. To, I went off to college, but on my breaks, I would come back and train. And then one summer, I fought, and then um, I went back to school. And then I and then I was like, you know, what? school sucks. Let me just do this fight thing. So that's what I decided to do. That's what's up, man. So you mentioned earlier how, uh, you know, back in the day, your brothers used to whoop your ass, but you would keep coming back for more. Now, is that something that you're born with or is that something that you develop along the way? What's your opinion on that, man? Uh, I don't know. I think some people could be born with it, but uh, I think because I remember when I was a kid, though, like they would make me like some like only a few times, but they would like make me fight against some other kid in the neighborhood, boxing gloves and stuff. Or like, you know, I mean, or you get in fights. And I remember like, a couple times where I got punched and I like cry, take off running. So I don't think I was born with it, you know. But after a while, I think after like so many years of my brother just getting on my nerves and kicking my ass, and just you know, then they kind of develop a toughness. Like he he kind of he made me tough, you know. Like and I wasn't really scared of anybody at school because I got I got home. My brother was huge, and you know, I mean, he was scary. So if I could. You know, stand up to him. I always, you know, wasn't really scared of him at school. But yeah, he developed. I think he was a big part of making me tough. And then going into wrestling, developing the toughness in the wrestling room, um, that helped too. Would you attribute that to your success in the UFC? Because look, man, with the way your UFC career started, a lot of dudes would have been really discouraged. But with you, I mean, you put your head down, you grinded, then you went out there against Chris Beal, got the unbelievable victory, and then you come back and get another big victory. But the Chris Beal one, that was a monumental moment for you. Yeah, you know, um, I've, I've competed a lot of years, so I've, I've, you know, I've lost a lot of, I've had a, a lot of heartbreaking losses in wrestling, um, you know, and, and fighting, you know, um, it's just, you just give yourself an opportunity. I just believed in myself, you know, and like, I know that I've trained with some, like all the guys at my weight, all the top 10 guys and I've done good with them. So I know like I can, I can compete with them. You know what I mean? Like when I fought Dillashaw, I had training with them already. So I'm like, I could beat this guy. I know I, I just gotta do it out there. Or like, you know, I could, I could compete with them. I could be any of these guys, you know? So, just from the training experiences, like I've trained with a lot of UFC champions, at a lot of multiple weight classes. Like I've rolled with them, and and I've done good. So I know I'm good. You know, it's just I got to do it out there. So even when I was like 0 and 3, um, you know, I had faith in myself. I was like, man, I just gotta, I just gotta do it out there, and and, and you know, just being, just keep going, just never stopping. You know, and just give yourself an opportunity to win. You know, and before the Chris Beal fight, I thought I had won against. Um, I fought a Japanese kid. Tanaka. Yeah, I thought I won that fight. It was pretty close. I could see why. I. It's one of those weird fights where you could lose, but you really won the fight because I beat the dude test, and he was fighting out of submissions. But like the first two rounds were the first two rounds were close, and I could see why they they would give him that round. But yeah, you know, but I thought 
I thought I won that fight too, but um, I'm just glad that I beat that I got that win against Bill because that was a tough ass win. And then this last one was good. Just, I'm just happy that you know things are looking good, and hopefully we can continue the win streak. And 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 I'm one of those guys that when I get streaky, you know, I get like if I get a couple wins and I start getting streaky, and I fight for a bout. So hopefully that that's a that's a goal, you know. Oh, no doubt about it, man. And how incredible was that Chris Beal win for you? Because I mean, I could hear the emotion in the post fight speech. Yeah, no, it was. That that was ballsy, you know, taking that fight and um, on 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 three weeks of training and um. Damn! So both of your wins are on short notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know, if <laughs> I get lucky, um, that was ballsy because I mean, like I said, like I was zero and three, and then damn to go zero and four, damn that's just ah. Imagine if I would have went zero and four and then it would got cut and like I would have to live with that the rest of my life. So like. Going into that, you're thinking, like, shit, if I lose this fight, I'm probably going to get cut. Most likely, I, sh- I should get cut. And I'm going to have to live with, like, the fact that I went on for But, I mean, you know, I mean, even if I went, had gone on for, like, coming from where I come from, nobody does the things I've done in my life. Even if I was on for in the UFC, you know what? So what? I fought there, you know what I mean? Um, I got to that level. So I just, you know, just said that I'm going to take this fight. I believe in myself and, um, you know, whatever God wants. You know, that's what I was thinking in my head. Like, But I I, I kind of had a feeling that I was going to, it was going to be a good story, you know. That I was going to get a win and it was going to build. and So I could later on, I knew I was like, this is happening for a reason. So I, later on I could be like, listen, I was 0-3. Just no matter where you're at in life, you know, if you're losing or you feel like you're down, like it could it could switch like that, you know what I mean? So yeah, no doubt, it was absolutely yeah. incredible. And you know, to your point, real quick, uh, Randy Couture said that look, I can go out there and lose in the most devastating way possible, but my family are still gonna love me no matter what. So to your point, if you had gone 0 and 4 the people that are around you would still love you. But you didn't. You went out there and you finished the guy. So how were you able to, you know, kind of balance that pressure of knowing, dude, I got to get this fucking win? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It just, I've been in a lot of high-pressure situations. Sometimes you, like, I perform better, too, like, when the pressure's on, you know? Like, it keeps me, keeps me on my toes. It keeps me focused. Because uh, sometimes, like, if... If I if I get too lackadaisical, if I too too calm, I get steamrolled. So, so I need to get I need to get those nerves, and and I think it makes me compete better. But um, you know, it's life. You know, sometimes you're put in tough situations. You just gotta fight out of that situation. Yeah. Definitely. And once again, you're fighting out of it. You're taking out Hani Yaya, UFC four Deleza. I know a fight to fight. It can go down any possible way. But if you had to give a prediction, how do you think it's gonna go down, man? I don't know. I can see me winning a decision. Hopefully not, because he's tough. Like a lot, he's. I don't know if all his losses or most of them were by decision. I can see it going decision, but I can see me finishing him. You know, I can see me finishing him in the first. Well, in in, in three rounds. Yeah, I mean, I I got the the style, and I finished a lot of people too. So, I finished a lot of um, a few guys that were had never never been finished. So, I think I could finish him too. Um, We'll see. Like I could finish him on the feet. I could finish him on the ground. Um, we'll see. It's gonna. I gotta work for it though. I don't think it's gonna come right away. I gotta. I gotta work. I gotta get him tired. Um, 
but it'll be a tough fight. Okay, yeah, like I, I, I definitely could get a finish or a good decision, but I don't, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. You never know what happens, man. This shit's crazy. It's hard to predict. Definitely, man. And it's in Brazil, so you got to be careful with those judges. But man, it's such a that's great the only that, that's fight. like the biggest thing too. Is like I don't want it to go to the judges, so so I'm gonna try to finish it. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be working my bet my ass off, so. I'm, I'm excited, and and hopefully, you know, I've been training hard, and I feel really good. So hopefully, I, I put on a fan uh, a fight for you guys. You know, you guys um, enjoy it. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now, on half the battle, man. Let the audience know where they can follow you on social media and anything else you want to plug. Go ahead, dude. Yeah, just uh, follow me on Facebook. Uh, search me up, you know, Joe Soto or um, Joe Soto one thirty five on Instagram. You know, sometimes I put like videos of me training up on there. Um, sometimes I put some funny shit up, Photoshop stuff. Um, I don't know, just check me out on uh, on Instagram. I'm mostly on there. Um, and I just want to thank everybody for the support. And um, you know, I appreciate the support and appreciate the fans. And I hope you guys enjoy this this fight here in, in Fortaleza. Man, we can't wait. So best of luck in the rest of training camp, the weight cut, and the fight itself, Joe. Thanks for the time, dude. All right, brother. Have a good one, man. Thanks. Joining me now is Albert the Warrior Morales. Albert, welcome back to After the Battle, man. Man, it's good to be back. Thank you guys for having me again. Oh, you got it, bro. So, dude, uh, have you known about this fight for a while? Because, I mean, we literally just heard about it, and you're fighting Saturday at UFC 209. No, actually, no. Uh, I know, I found out the day before you guys found out um, that the opportunity arrived, and, you know, we got to take it. Absolutely. I mean, what do you think about the matchup? Because, you know, from what I see, I mean, the dude's big for the weight class as well. He's experienced, and uh, it's a good opportunity to get a, another good fight in the UFC. Yeah, no, it's definitely a good matchup between both of us. You know, we're both, you know, for the most part, he's a, he likes to stand up, but he also has some wrestling. He's a real rounded fighter. Like you said, he is big. You know, I'm one of the bigger bantamweights in the game, too. So, definitely, it, it definitely makes for a good fight, man. But I'm just going out there to just show a whole new Albert. Another, you know, I just I added a lot of things to my game plan, and you know, we weren't preparing for him specifically, but we were work, like we were hoping to get an opponent for 209, but we didn't really catch it, and then they just told us late last minute. But we were working on things that uh, that have been you know hurting me in in, in the past, so definitely want to show that I've improved, and and this is a perfect opponent to use that. Definitely, and I know you got no uh, no problems playing spoiler, but is it kind of nice to not have to fight, you know, Alejandro Perez on the border of Mexico or Thomas Almeida in Brazil? Now you kind of get a neutral fight here in Vegas. Yeah, definitely, man. Th- th- that that was the big thing about this card is that I wanted to fight near home. Um, I would I would have loved to have a real camp, or at least you know three weeks out, know who my opponent is, so we could have game planned a little bit better. You know, I've been taking short notice fights my whole career. It would have been nice to feel what it's like to have a camp. But definitely, I'm I'm super happy to come home. Uh, Vegas is, uh, you know, Nevada's right down the street, so it's not, not a big deal. I'm actually able to stay home. I don't have to fly out or anything, so I could stay home till like, Tuesday, drive out there. You know, the cool thing is there's no media obligation, so it's just completely just organic and, and, and fight. That's all I got to worry about. Man, that must feel good, dude. That sounds like you're in a great place. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, the, the, the only the worst thing is that it's a super short notice. But at the same time, I've been shaped, and um, you just got to take advantage. That's all it is. 
Dude, and your last fight was absolutely incredible. Look, let, let's put it like this, man. I don't know anyone else out of all my friends that would stand and bang with Tomas Almeida, let alone in Brazil. So, I mean, it, it was a great fight. Look, a liver shot will put any man down. I say that every single episode of the show. But aside from that, man, I mean, did you take a lot of positive from that experience? Definitely, man. Um, a lot of, a, a, a lot. was a lot of, um, I realized that I mentally, like, um, wasn't like I I I kind of lost focus during the fight and and that's what made me um lead to blowing out my gas tank and and then um and then the thing is once I blew out my gas tank I kind of went back to old habits which was like super like lazy punches not getting back to my face and just a lot of stuff and which led to Thomas I meant to start picking the right shots timing a really clean overhand and then eventually hitting that flurry to the body shot super clean um but. Yeah, I definitely took a lot from that fight, man. Um, I definitely want to get that fight back with a full camp. So I got to beat this guy, beat the next guy, and, you know, call Thomas Amada out every single time so we can fight again in Sao Paulo, Brazil. I want the same exact situation in Brazil and uh, get that run back. Oh, yeah, I got no doubt in my mind you'll get that rematch down the line. But what I want to know, man, is, you know, out of, like, all the people you've trained with and, you know, you've fought with on the streets or in the octagon, on the regional scene, what was it like standing and banging with Tomas Almeida? Oh, it was awesome. It was, it was you know, it's funny because I don't touch gloves for nothing, man. I, I, I'm not about that thing. But coming into the UFC and even before that, like, my, one of my favorite fighters is Tomas Almeida. You know, not anymore. Well, yeah, I, I, I could say that. He's still, he's, still, he's still, like, a good fighter that I enjoy watching. But coming up, this guy was one of my favorite fighters, man. So it's funny because I never touch gloves. Even Alejandro Perez, all these guys, nobody I touch gloves with. The dude raised his hand to touch gloves when, 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 um, when the referee said go. We, I circled around, did my whole thing. He put his hand out to touch gloves. Shit. I, I guess I, I don't know what the hell happened to me, but I over... <laughs> I would and touched his glove, and that was it, man. And, and then I was like, damn it. But, you know, it is what it is, man. Um, it was definitely cool, man. Brazil, Brazil was awesome. The fans are awesome. Um, they, of course, they hated me at the time, but, but, but they love MMA, and, that, and that's what I love about, the, you know, that, that culture over there. It's just, it's just really cool, man. And, and, and to be on the biggest stage, you know, I sat next to Minotauro on, on media day, and it was, just, it was just cool, man. It was just the coolest thing ever. Well, I mean, dude, you gain a lot of fans because with your fighting style, you come to fight. And the fans know right away when a dude's trying to stall. or You, you know what I'm saying, Albert? But you went out there and you stood and banged with Tomas Almeida. What more can we ask for? Yeah, exactly, man. And that's what's going to happen. But just got to be a little bit smarter with that. You know, that's my, I'm, a, I'm a pressure fighter. I'm not, I'm not the prettiest fighter. I'm not, you know, not going to walk around and do flashy footwork or anything like that. I'm going to do fundamentals and I'm going to come and I'm going to bang with you. But, um... It's just got to be smarter, and, and that's what I took away from that fight and took away from the Alejandro fight, so super excited. How do you feel about uh, Khabib versus uh, Tony Ferguson, man? I got to hear the prediction. That's, that's such a good one, man. You know, the funny thing is, like, actually, for, for Tony actually came down to Blackouts for some wrestling rounds this, uh, this camp, like towards the end of the camp, and super cool dude, man, but the guy's so funky, dude. And, and he, um, I'm going with Tony because Tony's my boy, but, I mean, it's gonna be. It's gonna be something. You're gonna see something crazy, man. Tony's. Tony's a weird dude, man, and, and he's gonna pull some crazy shit that nobody's expecting to do. Just, just be ready for some crazy shit. That's all I gotta say. 
Well, I mean, you know I got my money on the underdog, man. He's plus 175 right now, and I feel like not only is that price great, but the price is great, but everyone has to take that first loss, and Khabib's not exempt either, in my opinion. So I'm, I'm rooting for no, Tony man. as well. Yeah, yeah, no, no. And, and the thing is, like, we've we seen what happens when Khabib got touched by uh, by Michael Johnson. And not, not to take anything away from Michael Johnson, but, I mean, he's not really that kind of a, a powerful fighter or a powerful puncher like that. Um, and, and I'm not saying Tony Ferguson is, but I think Tony Ferguson, Tony's got a little bit more umph in his punches than uh, Michael Johnson, for sure. And Tony's going to throw some elbows, too, and, and, and when, it, when, it, when it does get in close, you know what I mean? So, And Tony's a black belt, so when it does get to ground, we're going to see some crazy stuff, man. It's going to be a great fight. That's definitely going to be my, uh, other than my fight. I think that's going to be fight of the night, for sure. Man, I'm so curious to see what happens if this fight goes into later rounds, because, like, I feel as if Tony would be the fresher guy, but Khabib keeps proving me wrong. So I want to know who's the fresher guy in round five. I mean, we just saw Tony go five rounds in Mexico. You know how that Mexico City altitude is. Yeah, yeah, man. It's just, Tony's a beast, dude. That's all I got to say, man. He's, he's just, like I said, he's a weird dude, man. He's he's a character. He's himself. Dude. He, there's no other Tony Ferguson out there, and he's going to, and he fights the same way, dude. He fights who he is. It's, it's, the, it's the fucking, it's like the weirdest thing I've ever seen, man. But but he's going to go out there and he's going to do great. I think he's going to be the new champ. That would be super cool to see, man. And, dude, the main event, Woodley versus Wonderboy, the rematch. You know, it's interesting because we know the deal with the good karate guys. I mean, they need to establish their distance to, you know, get off with that karate style. And with a guy like Tyron Woodley, I truly believe that he closes the distance better than anyone in that weight class. So I kind of feel like it's a tough matchup for Wonderboy, as we saw in the first fight. What do you think about the rematch, dude? Um, I still think, like, you know, at first I thought Wonderboy was going to, you know, I thought he was going to outstrike Willie because I felt like Willie didn't have as many tools as Wonderboy does, especially, like, on the stand-up, I mean, you know, um, but I, I felt that, like, from the, based off the first fight, you know, Willie was, I'm mean, not Willie, uh, Thompson was kind of, I don't know, almost hesitant, kind of scared, which, you know, who wouldn't be with, with you know, with, with, with Tyron's freaking hands, but... I don't know, man. I, I think I think that he's still going to be a little bit shell shocked. Like I think I and I think Tyron's going to actually crack him this time. Um, it's it's that 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 that's a toss up. But I think I think uh, I think Tyron's going to get. I think he's going to retain his belt. That's 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 where I ended up. Man, I definitely don't think it's going to go the full five this time. Like you know, hi- historically. When uh, when uh, the first fight goes the full five-round distance, the rematch ends inside the distance. Like, I've noticed that, like, with Pettis and Benson Henderson, Shogun, Machida, Barrow and Faber, Cowboy and Benson. Yeah. I mean, the the examples go on and on. You know what I'm saying, dude? Like, Shogun, Hendo, like, you know? Yeah, somebody somebody found uh, a hole, you know? And, you know, honestly, man, Tyron training at Duke Rufus's with, with, with you know, Coach uh, Daniel, like – Everybody there, man, like, that's a solid cap, man. And Duke Rufus is a beast of a coach, especially when it comes to striking. And I feel like, you know, come on, dude, that guy produced Anthony, uh, Anthony Pettis. Like, he, that, that's, that's just as flashy as, uh, as Wonderboy is. So I think, uh, I, think, I think they got that for sure. Man, what do you think the psychology is like heading into a rematch knowing that you've been a full five rounds with this guy before? I don't know, man. I think it's definitely more personal. I think it's like not, I'm like I mean not I hate you I'm gonna kill you but I mean like it's just 
Like you, you like man, going five, going three rounds with anybody, man. I don't care who you are. Like you guys are giving a big hug at the end of it. Like you guys get hit like fifteen minutes of your life, fifteen long minutes of your life, even more than that. If you want to count the caps, you know what I mean. So it's like a, it's, it's it's very like emotional, man. It's like a big thing, you, like especially the fight that they had. So it's gonna be a big one, man. And um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's it's I know it's it's, it's got to be it's got to be big, man. Especially coming off of a draw, you know that that was kind of weird, but. I don't. I have no idea what they're going to do, but I know it's definitely emotional. Um, it's got to be mentally draining a little bit, you know. Tyron's really good with his mental game, but you know, I think he's got to prepare a little bit harder for this thing. This is going to be to be a good fight. Definitely, you know, another good fight on that card you're on is Rashad Evans versus Dan Kelly. I mean, obviously Sugar Rashad, legend of the sport, but Dan Kelly's been proving everyone wrong, man. I mean, you know, he's got he's got the dad bod going, and then he goes out there and whoops a 24-year-old's ass. You know what I mean, Albert? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I, I think I think it's time for uh, for good old Rashad to, 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 you know, take a bow, man. I, I, don't, I don't really care if he wins or loses, man. I just, he's a legend, man, but I think it's time for him to just, you know, chill out and maybe be a coach or something like that. I don't like I don't like seeing my legends, especially guys like that who I grew up watching, to go go, go down and, and and you know, you know, end up sick and hurt and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I just I just hope that fight ends however it ends and and, and Rashad kind of takes a takes a bow out. Yeah, man. And also the whole you know cutting twenty pounds towards the latter part of your career thing historically. Oh, no doesn't really favor too many fighters, but, I mean, it's Rashad. Wish him the best. But Dan Kelly's a friend of the show, so you know what, man? It's his time. I, I hope Dan Kelly goes out there and gets the win because, I mean, look, if Rashad gets the win, yeah, it is cool to see Rashad get his arm raised, but you know this fight means the world to a guy like Dan Kelly. Definitely, man. Like, and I know. I, I, I feel it firsthand, you know, with, with Thomas Almeida, even Alonso Perez. Like, dude, I haven't even got my first UFC win. It's driving me nuts. I don't know how how the hell this hasn't happened, but it it, it you know wins, man. Especially like it's a new era, man. It's a new thing. It's a new generation of fighters, you know. So it's like it, it means everything for us to just to to submit our name and and become a household name, be what they were to to, to us to somebody else, you know. So definitely a big thing. I hope we get to now. Now that you said that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Work for Kelly. No doubt about it. And as far as you're concerned, I mean, you get that opportunity Saturday night. In case anyone wasn't listening, UFC Fight Pass, make sure you order it. And uh, actually, you get a seven-day free trial if you're not already a member. So you can actually watch Albert's fight just by going in there and typing in your name. It's pretty simple. So, Albert, how's it going to go down? You, and I believe the dude's name is Andre, this Saturday night in Las Vegas, man. What are you thinking? I'm thinking I'm going to stop on... um second round whether it be TK on the ground or submission one of the two well man we can't wait to see you and Albert thanks for taking a little bit of time to speak with me you know this close to the fight bro really appreciate it always love having you on half the battle we're rooting for you and uh, go out there and do your thing brother yeah, you know I will thank you guys again man peace joining me now is the A-Town Ogre the NFC welterweight champ ATL zone David K. Dave welcome back to half the battle man Thanks for having me, Daniel. What's up, buddy? Oh, I'm chilling, man. I'm really pumped for your fight. Look, you got an eight-fight win streak. You're fighting in your hometown, Atlanta, Georgia. Everyone's there to see you fight. Not just to see you fight, but to see you win. And you're taking on a very dangerous and experienced opponent. How do you feel about the matchup, dude? I feel amazing, man. I'm just living the dream. 
Man, that's good to hear, dude, because look, this guy you're fighting, he's been in there with UFC vets, he's been in there with Michael Venom Page, he's explosive, he's dynamic, he's a knockout artist, and he wants to come in here to Atlanta, Georgia, in your backyard, and he wants to knock you out in front of all your friends and family. How do you feel about that? I love it, man. I love the challenge. Um, you know, I, I haven't had an easy fight, I don't think, ever in my career, because in the beginning I was fighting guys that could beat me. Now I'm fighting guys that are like top prospects and I'm still winning because I want it more. So I'm excited that uh, we got a game opponent that, that wants to take my head off. Man, the power of the mind will take you so far. As, as you know, man, I mean, you're living proof. You're on an eight-fight win streak. But let me ask you about the pressure of fighting in your hometown. Because, look, for a lot of guys, they're used to traveling all over the place. You've also done your fair share of traveling. But now you're kind of used to headlining shows here in Atlanta. So is, is it the same pressure as always? Or is it? Uh, are you kind of like, look, I'm used to this. I've been there. I've done that. Uh, let's see. It's both. Um, I've been there, done that. But it also is added pressure because... You know, all your family and friends are there as opposed to I, I like walking out when people are telling me I suck and that, you know, I'm going to get my ass whipped and all that stuff. I, I, I feed off that. So, you know, either way, there's a little pressure, either whether you fight, you know, home or you go away. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, let me ask you this. You said that, you know, it really energizes you, you know, when people are like, you suck, you know, they're throwing tomatoes at you, right? But at the same token, Dave, when everyone's cheering you on and, you know, the announcer's getting you pumped up, I mean, that's got to do wonders for you too, right? Absolutely, yeah. When the when Jose Santiago, you know, calls your name and hypes you up and gets you, gets you all fired up, I love that. Man, tell me about it, man. It's, it's a really interesting mindset because with a lot of guys, you know, you look at a guy like Gegard Mousasi, he has to be as calm as possible. You look at other guys like, you know, like John Jones, and he's getting hyped during the walkout. So what do you think it is, man? Is it just every individual is different? I mean, what, what's it about you that, uh, you know, gets you excited in those, in those situations? Well, yeah, I think every, every individual is different. You, you have to see what works for you and feed off of what works for you and try to stay away from you know, just find out what works for you and go go with it, you know? <clears throat> yeah, no doubt about it. Now, this guy you're fighting, Jeremy Holloway, look, I mean, it, it's pretty obvious what he wants to do, and it's pretty obvious what you want to do. He wants to knock you out. You want to grind this dude out. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure you're down to stand and bang, too. But we know that when guys go in the ring with David K, I mean, if they make it all 15 minutes, they're not coming out the same guy. You know what I'm saying, Dave? I'm gonna ruin him. Yeah, he's if he makes it through the 15 minutes, uh, I'll be surprised if he does. Um, but if he makes it through, he's he's gonna question life. Man, and I'll tell you what, dude. You know, because I'm sure you've watched the tape too. I've watched it as well, and you know, I've seen so many of his fights. Did you see his fight with MVP by chance? Uh, yes, I did. It was a while back, uh, like last year. I haven't I haven't watched it in a while, but yes, I I saw that. It's interesting because, you know, some of his fights, he stays on the outside, looks to pick his shots. But in that fight with MVP, he literally straight out ran after him right when the bell rang. So what I'm, oh, wondering, yeah, I here, that, yeah. what I'm wondering here is, you know, will the emotions of, you know, fighting in Atlanta, everyone booing him, will that get the best of him and make him, you know, try to swing wild? Or, 
is that going to make him more focused? Obviously, you can't worry about what he's thinking, right? But I'm I'm wondering that as a fan of the sport, as the host of Half the Battle, as a- Atlanta's own, I want to know that kind of thing. You know what I'm saying, Dave? Absolutely. Well, that cage is, is tiny, so uh, he's not going to be able to move too, too much. As soon as we throw a couple of punches, we're going to be, him and I are going to be right up against that cage, and that's my my home. I'll uh, I'll grind his ass into pixie dust off that fucking thing. <laughs> that's hilarious, dude. So, hey, real quick, let me ask you this, man, because obviously you're the NFC welterweight champ, and in the UFC, the welterweight champ is Tyron Woodley. And he's taking on Steven Wonderboy Thompson in the rematch this Saturday at UFC 209. And look, the first time they fought, the judges scored it a draw. But Dave, you know the deal with the karate guys. They need that distance to get off on their strikes. And I truly believe there's no one better at closing the distance in the 170-pound division than the champ Tyron Woodley. How do you think the rematch is going to go down, man? I think it's going to be a, a, another very entertaining fight. Um you know, I'm I'm the worst at picking fights because I always end up picking with my heart and not my my brain. So, um, <laughs> what's your heart yeah. saying? What's your brain saying, Dave? Well, my let's see, I'm gonna say my my brain says uh, um, Wonder Boy this time, but my heart says uh, Tyrone Woodley. Interesting. So, if you're picking Wonder Boy, what I want to know is, I mean. You think he's going to make the proper adjustments to keep this fight on the outside? Because that's what he's got to do, man. I mean, we know that with Wonderboy, he's not about to go out there and grind out a guy like T. Wood, you know? Right. Well, yeah, if he makes those adjustments, uh, he can come out victorious. But I have a feeling that, you know, uh, Tyrell Woodley's probably going to make some more adjustments to close the distance and just get close and, and use his wrestling to his advantage. I'm going to go on record and say that the fight does not go the distance, man. I've noticed with a lot of these fights that, you know, they go the full five-round distance in the first one. The rematch ends inside the distance. I mean, some examples, you know, Burrell versus Faber, Shogun versus Hendo, Pettis versus Benson Henderson. I can go on. You know, uh, Cowboy versus Benson Henderson. You know, all these fights, the first time they fought, they went the full five-round distance. Then in the rematch, it ended inside the distance. Shogun versus Hendo, Machida versus Shogun. Those, those are more examples, so... I'm going to predict, Dave, that this fight is going to end uh, before the final bell, man. Who do you got? You know, I got I got Woodley, man. I, I feel like they're disrespecting him. They're counting him out. He's the underdog currently. So I'm going to go with him. And also based on the whole, you know, he's the best in the world at closing the distance thing, that's what you need to beat a good karate guy. Absolutely. I was going to bet you, but uh, we both want the same battle win. <laughs> well, let me ask you your prediction on this one, man, because – Khabib Nurmagomedov. I'm sure you're a fan of his because, I mean, you're ATL's number one grinder. This guy's the 155-pound division's number one grinder. I mean, Khabib Nurmagomedov, he's 24-0. One does not simply go 24-0 in professional MMA. And, man, he fucking did it, bro. But he's taking on a guy in Tony Elkukui Ferguson who he brings an unorthodox style to the table. I mean, he can knock dudes out standing. He's got a wrestling background. But he's got the most darts choke finishes in UFC history. So I'm really intrigued by the matchup. Who you got here, dude? That is a toss-up. The, the only reason I'm going to go with Khabib is because he's been doing MMA since he was like five years old, doing, um, you know, that Sambo. Uh, other than that, I mean, you never know. I mean, uh, Tony Ferguson could pull it off, but I'm going to go with Khabib on that one. 
Man, I mean, Khabib's been like wrestling bear since the dude was a kid. You ever seen those clips? I have not. No, I have not seen that. Oh, is this the first time you hear of that? Yes. Oh, shit. No, dude. They got clips of uh, of Khabib when he was a little kid, and they got a bear that has like a muzzle on, and they're literally wrestling, dude. Like, that's where the dude got his strength from. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I never heard of that. That That's how they do shit over in Russia, bro. <laughs> Unorthodox. <laughs> indeed, indeed. But back to you, man. Look. NFC 92, March 24th, center stage. I mean, it's got to it's gotta feel good to fight at home again, right? It feels amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm just glad to have, a, you know, an opportunity to fight again in front of my family, friends, you know, fans, whatever. Um, I'm really looking to finish this guy. I've said that, you know, the past few fights, but I keep getting these, uh, these animals that I'm fighting and... It's tough to finish them, but uh, I just have a feeling um, I'm going to finish uh, Jeremy this fight. You know, Dave, it's funny you say that, you know, your fights have been going to decision. Because, look, you're on an eight-fight win streak. Five of those eight wins, you finish them, dude. So I, just because the last two went to decision doesn't mean this one's going to as well, you know? No, it's it's not going to decision. I'm telling you that right now. I'm, what I'm saying, though, is... I was trying to take a shortcut or a quick road to back into Bellator or the UFC. So I'm fighting these like top contenders. And uh, we talked about this before. They, they can make you look bad because they're, you know, they're well-rounded and, you know, they're hard to put away. Um, I think that Jeremy is super athletic and a super freak and he's a great fighter. Uh, I just think that I have more experience and that I'm going to find a way, and I have the will to win and, and to finish him. And that's what's going to happen. Man, we cannot wait to see it. And real quick, Dave, you know, how do you set aside the pressure of, you know, you're on an eight-fight win streak, you want to make it nine. You know, do you, do you not think about that when you're in there? I'm sure in the training room, you know, you're running the extra miles, you know, because I see you in the gym every single day, man. I know that you're you're a hard, hard worker, but... Do you run those extra miles because of the opponent or because of the win streak? Or what's your motivation, dude? Uh, yeah, I look at it as I have a target on my back. You know, I'm, I'm the guy that everybody's chasing. And if I back off or take it easy that day, it makes me feel guilty. So I just train every single day. I try to eat right, try to make sure I sleep right, and just really take care of myself. And until I retire, I'm not going to lose again. That's right. That's right, baby. And David K., let me let me ask you this, man. How does it feel to be in the position you're in? Because look, some guys they're they're naturally talented, they're naturally athletic. They can just beat up a couple bums and, and get a belt around their waist. With you, you literally had to go through everything to be where you are right now and to be the number one guy in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, it was it was not easy, and you know I don't take it for granted. I love the position that I'm in, and I. I'm a hard worker. I just like to, you know, work hard and, and uh, reap the benefits of of dedication and discipline. Do you feel like everything you've been through in the past is the reason that you're so disciplined now? Because you know what it's like to face defeat. Because, look, the, what I'm trying to say here, Dave, is if you were just 8-0, right, and you had no other experience, then you wouldn't know what defeat is like. But you know exactly what it's like. So is that what keeps you hungry, man? Absolutely. I, I you know, I've tasted victory. I've tasted defeat. Defeat is the worst fucking taste you can ever taste in your life. 
So in order to <clears throat> prevent that, I go the extra mile. I'm always running. I'm always training. I'm always, you know, sharpening my skills and just trying to trying to stay busy as I can. Yes, sir. Well, it's going down March 24th, center stage, Atlanta, Georgia, David Cavers, Jeremy Holloway, the main event. How's it going to go down, Dave? It's going to go down with me with my arm raised, with my hammer in my hand, and uh, him backstage regretting ever fighting me. <laughs> well, we can't wait to see that fight, Dave. And before we get out of here, man, let the audience know where they can follow you on social media. Anything else you want to plug, dude? Go ahead. Uh, nope. I'm... Uh... I'm excited about March 24th, and <clears throat> come check me out. Yes, sir. All the fans, make sure you follow Dave on Twitter at David K. Go to Facebook and look for David K. And, Dave, thanks for the time on Half the Battle, bro. Best of luck with the cut. Best of luck with the rest of training camp. And best of luck in the fight, my man. Thank you, Daniel. I'll see you this week at the gym, buddy. See you, bro. Peace out, man. Later. Joining me now is Devante Sewell. Devante, welcome to Half the Battle, man. Hey, what's up, man? Oh, I'm chilling, dude. So, you know, you went 8-2 and two as an amateur. Now you're looking to get your first pro win. And I heard a rumor that this guy you're fighting, he actually backed out of a fight with you the day of the fight. I got to know what that's like, man. Yeah, man. It sucked, man. Actually, like, 20 minutes. I don't know if he got scared or what, but I'm ready, man. You know, it's interesting, dude, because, you know, I'm not one to talk shit about fighters. And, and for me, you know, health first, right? But I can only imagine what it's like for you to have your ar your hands wrapped, and then they let you know that the, that the dude pulled out. Yeah, it was crazy, and it was also a title fight. So, I mean, he should have been stripped, but it's whatever. I'm going to handle business come March 24th. Oh, yeah, that's in the past now. And now you're taking this guy on again. You got a chance to settle your differences What's your opinion on the matchup? Uh, I mean, I feel real confident in the um, the stylistic stylistic matchup. Um, the only thing I hope is that he shows up this time, man, ready to fight. Because I'm ready. I think he will, man, because it would be kind of embarrassing to pull out twice of a fight like this. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. So, dude, let me ask you this. You know, obviously, you know, we've uh, we've moved around together before. And, you know, the first time I sparred with you, you threw a double flying knee at me. I was like, okay, yeah, this guy can strike. And then I heard your nickname is The Grinder. So I, I got to know, dude, how'd you get that nickname when you're this great Thai striker? Man, um, I started off wrestling in high school. So, you know, I love the grinding style. And at the end of the day, you got to grind at the gym to, you know, get better. And that's what I do. I just grind every day. Okay. It's not more of my style. It's because of what I do. I grind every day in the gym. Okay, so it's more about that work ethic. Yes. That's what's up, man. So, dude, did you feel like you got the proper amount of experience before you turned pro? Because with a lot of these guys, they're in a rush, man. But, you know, you're still young. But you had 10 amateur fights. I mean, that's a hell of a lot of experience. Do you feel like that paid dividends for you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I had a, I had a lot of fights and I wrestled before, so... I felt like it's the right time, and I'm just ready to get his uh, first win. That's oh, yeah. all that's the focus right now. Man, it's going to be a great fight. You know, obviously you made your pro debut, and, you know, you, you got grinded for three rounds. But you know what, man? Everyone has to take that first defeat. Not only that, but everyone has to know that it's that they're capable of getting grinded too, you know, because a lot of these dudes are, think that, man, no one can take me down. So isn't it good to get that learning experience out of the way early in your career? Yeah, I mean, it's tough to get the loss, but I learned a lot, 
I mean, I'd rather get it out of the way from now and go on a winning streak from now. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting because the first time you faced defeat in your amateur career, then you ended up uh, going on a huge win streak. So do you feel like it lit a fire in your ass? Definitely, definitely. Everybody, trust me, they'll know my name after March 24th. That's awesome, man. Well, we're looking forward to it. But I got to ask you a couple fight predictions, dude. What do you think about uh, Tony Ferguson versus Khabib Nurmagomedov? Oh, uh, man, that's crazy. Um, it's hard to pick right now. I mean, Tony, if he could have good takedown defense, I mean, it'll be real interesting. I think he definitely could beat Khabib on the feet. But Tony has good jiu-jitsu as well, so it's, this is going to be a good chess match. Dude, I'm super curious to see what happens if it goes to the later rounds because obviously with Khabib, I mean, the dude keeps proving me wrong. I, I keep picking against him and he keeps winning, but with a guy like El Kukui Ferguson, we just saw him go the full five rounds in Mexico in that elevation. We know he's got the cardio. So I really want to see what happens if it turns into a battle of wills, man. That's going to be a tough fight. What, um, what state is that in? It's in, uh, it's in Nevada. It's in Las Vegas. All right, but yeah, it's going to be a crazy fight. Hopefully, no one pulls out because this is the third time that fight was supposed to happen. So, oh man, yo, we know if someone's going to pull out, it's probably going to be Khabib. But I heard he's on his way to Vegas, so we don't want to jinx it yet, Devonte. <laughs> Sorry, Khabib. <laughs> so, dude, let me ask you this: so, your family is from Jamaica? Yep. Yep. Man, what, what's it like visiting a place like that? Because everything I've heard, man, it's a, a tropical paradise. It's amazing, man. Just good vibes and the people are just real genuine. genuine. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Every day you wake up and you catch the breeze and live life. Man, that, that sounds so cool. How did you end up in Atlanta? Uh, my, mom, my mom moved out here, so I decided to uh, relocate and try new things. And um, I found the knuckle up, and I stuck with it. So you basically wrestled in high school, and then you said, look, I want to take this to the next level. I'm going to try out MMA? Definitely, because UFC, watching UFC is what got me interested in wrestling anyways, because that was the closest sport to it in high school. But that's what started the whole thing. During your wrestling matches, were you ever like, man, I wish I could hit this guy in the face? <laughs> nah, nah. Um, back in Florida, big thing was backyard fighting, so kind of did that sometimes, anyways. Okay, so you got to get that out of the way, anyways, right? Yeah, yeah. What was that experience like for you? Because you know, you're not the first fighter I've heard you know talk about that. Obviously, we can talk about a lot of dudes here in, in the Atlanta scene, or we can talk about someone like Jorge Gamebred Masvidal, who started off fighting in the streets. Now he's got a number five ranking under his name. Definitely, man. It just shows you that really anybody could get anywhere in life as long as you work and believe in the process. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. Uh, belief goes a long way, not just in the sport, but in life in general. But what I want to know here, man, is what's the mentality like in those you know backyard street fights compared to inside the cage? And I mean, both is the same thing. You know, what I mean, I want to be on. I want to be the one on top. After leaving both, whether I'm in the cage or I'm in the backyard. During the backyard days, I mean, would you find out your opponent the day of, or did you have weeks to think about him, or what? 
No, nah, no, nah, it'd be it would be like some random thing. It's not not even like, you know, record wise or it'd just be, you know, randomly, oh, you wanna go at it today? You know, it's so interesting that mentality because, you know, I feel like it might be more stressful to just have to think about the same guy over and over, week after week. You know, you have the goal, but but at the same token, you get to plan, you get to talk to your coaches, you get ready. So, man, what, what do you like better? I'm sure you like being a professional fighter better, right? You, I'm sure you like getting paid to yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah, de- definitely. You know, I'm, I'm older now, you know, so I'm all focused. I mean, I don't like I don't like just hurting people on the street for no reason or nothing, but yeah, I love being a professional fighter. You know, this is, this is a dream. You know, you know what I mean? Now it's all about just getting to the UFC right now. Now, obviously the short-term goal is to go out there, get this victory over D Melton at NFC 92, but you know, the long-term goal is to get into the UFC, but how much experience do you want before you, you try to get into the big show? I mean, I, I would only know it. As uh, I I go through my own first couple of pro fights, but I see myself maybe five, six more fights maybe. But I feel like I, I watch UFC and I look at my skill and I see I'm close enough. So De- definitely, man. And obviously, you know, having ten amateur fights, winning eight of them, you know, that's only going to aid you to a lot more victories here in your pro career, in my opinion, Devonte. Definitely, definitely. Can't wait. So, dude, obviously I asked you what you thought about Tony Ferguson versus Khabib, but now I got to ask you what you think about the champ, Tyron T. Wood Woodley versus Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Man, I'm, I'm going with T. Wood. I picked him the first time. That Actually, that's a matchup. It's kind of like mine coming up, you know, karate kind of kid. And then you got me, um, you know, the uh, wrestler. Also, could strike as well. So, a similar matchup. Matchups. I'm, I'm picking uh, T. Woodley. I think he won the first the first fight. And oh yeah. I'm going with T. Woodley. Dude, I'm right there with you, man. And you know, it's interesting. They're counting him out. He's actually the betting underdog. So, for anyone listening, you might want to consider taking a shot there. I definitely am, man. You know, it's interesting because I'm a fan of both guys. You know, I like them both a lot. But with Wonder Boy, I picked him every single fight on his run until the title shot and the reason why i picked woodley the first time is because you know the deal with the karate guys Devante. they need that distance to be effective and who is the best at closing the distance at 170 pounds in my opinion it's got to be the champ t wood so i just feel like it's a really tough matchup for wonder boy so that's why i'm picking woodley man definitely the matchup speaks for itself it does so this dude you're fighting you know he's a he's a taekwondo guy he needs some distance too Yep, yep. So, pressure, pressure, pressure. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, you don't want to give away your game plan, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, but But, yeah. but we, know, we know the deal here. I mean, he wants the distance. You want to get in there and make it a real fight. And, man, I bet you're excited about that because it's always cool to have a challenge at hand, you know, figuring out the karate guy, figuring out the taekwondo guy. Because, I mean, they're, they're different, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, I only got a couple guys at the gym – uh, with that style, but I mean, I st- I study a lot, so yeah, I can't wait for the challenge. Who are some of your favorite fighters, man? I'd have to go with uh, John Jones. You know, he's a fighter. And he's a great, a great fighter. Good at keeping that distance. Also, I, I would say 
mighty mouth. Even though people say he's boring, you can't deny that talent he has and how he shuts everyone down. And also, I'm a big fan of um, Carlo Esparza. Oh, really? That's a first. Yeah, I'm a big fan of... Yeah, she's pretty dope, but, um... And... I would say Frankie Edgar, too. He all... That, that's my number one, Frankie Edgar. That's always moving forward, good wrestling, good boxing. And those are my favorite fighters. Man, Frankie's the man. And real quick, did you see uh, Carlos Barza versus Randa Marcos last week? Yeah, yeah, she got Well, let me ask you this, man, because, you know, obviously, according to the old scoring criteria, you can make the argument she got robbed, but you, you, know, you know that there's new rules now, right, man? Yeah, yeah I heard about the new rules. You think with the new rules that she still got robbed? And the reason I asked that, man, is because, you know, she did get taken down. But I felt like Randa did most of the damage, aside from that big knee. Let's not forget about that big knee. But I feel like Randa, yeah. like when she got taken down and she did that crucifix, man, I mean, she was landing a bunch of shots to the head of Esparza. Yeah, but that was in the first round. I gave, I gave the first round to Randa where the two last rounds were all Esparza. You know what, man? I'm totally biased because I had a big underdog bet on uh, on Randa, <laughs> but uh, you know, it it was in yeah, Canada, but... so it was one of those things where it was like, man, I know the judges are totally about to rob uh, Carla right now, so I, I was cool with it. But I can imagine as a fan of hers, it would be pretty frustrating. But what I want to know, man, is you know, what about her style? Do you like? Is it the fact that she's so relentless with her takedowns? Is it the fact that she was the first strawweight champ in UFC history? What do you like the most about her? I mean, I just like you know. Um... She's very attractive, obviously. <laughs> and um, her, I like her wrestling style. You know, she's on Ultimate Fighter. She dominated dominated all of the um, other women. And, um, yeah, she's just relentless, so, you know. Yeah, definitely. She definitely is, dude. So I got to ask you, man, NFC 92, March 24th, center stage. How do you think it's going to go down, Devante? I think it's going down with me leaving with my hand raised with my Jamaican flag and me and my team taking pictures. Man, that sounds like a like a good way to end the night, and uh, I want to wish you the best of luck. And before we get out of here, Devante, let the audience know where they can follow you on social media and anything else you want to plug. Go ahead, dude. All right, you can follow me on social media on Facebook at Devante D E V A N T E Sewell S E W E L L Space M M A. That's my own. Athlete page. Also, you can add me as a friend, Devontae Sewell, and on Instagram at the Grinder MMA, and on Twitter at Grinder MMA. Also, I want to give a shout out to my sponsor Clay Bennett and and um and all my teammates, and also shout out to Daniel for allowing me to have this interview. Anytime, my man. Everybody, make sure you follow Devante on Twitter at Grinder MMA. And dude, you gotta let all your teammates know they better get on Twitter too. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it's good to have you on there at least, right? But uh, dude, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle, bro. I really appreciate it. All right, man. No problem, man. Thank you. You got it, dude. Good luck with the cut. Good luck with the rest of camp, and good luck in the fight, dude. All right, man. All right, man. Peace out. There you have it, folks. Joe Soto. Albert the Warrior Morales, Dave Vickay, and Devante Sewell. 
Thank you so much for checking out this very special edition of Half the Battle. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks. Go to bestfightpicks.com for the plays. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. Sean Carey, Tattoo, and I will be back later this week to break down UFC 209 with a very special guest. And until the next time, let's cash these bets.